TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A Changing Attitude, the podcast where we go down the dark and murky attitude area of WWF so you don't have to. I am Mags, and uh, we have a full full team today, so let's uh, let's go around the horn and do some intros. First of all, the amazing Tanner. Tanner, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. <laughs> Brilliant! Of all the people oh, to go oh, oh. to, and he's he's got a mouthful of Cheetos. I got, I got those Cheetos, they're great. <laughs> and moving swiftly on to someone else who was also muted, her Mark. Or uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. You know, I can't complain. It wouldn't do me any good anyway. But I'm, I don't have any fiery listen. hot Cheetos. But you know. Well, no, do Tanner does hot. not share. No, he doesn't. No. But that's okay. I, I don't do the fiery hot Cheetos anyway, so he, enjoy those, Tanner. I mean, we don't. I know you them. are. Thank, we thank don't you. get Cheetos <laughs> here at all. I'll, I'll stick with my Dr Pepper. Oh, that's and what I need right now is a Dr Pepper. Last but not least, <laughs> Council of Dan's well, former Council of Dan's member, been uh, extra darted recently due to his antics. Scottish Danny, Danny, how are you? Doing really good, thank you, Lord. How are you? I'm not too bad. Tired. We've had a long day. For context, we're literally just recording after we've uh, done a, a essentially a four-hour live stream of, of a football game, which was uh, which was fun. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the Attitude Era of WWF, and we are into the first show of, of February 1997, mm. and it's a special show because this is Royal Rumble. Um, apparently... According to uh, rumour innuendo at the time, um, hmm. the WWF promised to show the, the whole of the Royal Rumble in its entirety on the show. Um, hmm. That kind of didn't happen. So Vince is a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's funny because he's constantly... You know, talking about that that final match, we're not going to bait and switch you. We're not yeah. going to leave you hanging. But we're but we're not going to give you the other thing that we promised either. Yeah, exactly. And this is also a special episode because it's the first two hour raw uh, with no kind of like pageantry, no kind of a uh, announcement. Just one week, it's an hour. The next week, it's two hours. Deal with it. Which is um, at the time for for me, I th- I thought that that was a. Maybe a brave move, considering how uh, threadbare the roster seems to be. I mean, we, we're getting the same guys over and over again on a on a forty two minute show. Um, how is that going to kind of pan out over an hour and, and twenty minutes? But uh, we will get to those shows as as we do. Uh, so we're here in uh, the the uh, the Scado, um, 
big crowd apparently uh 25,000 although the camera work does uh does benefit the WWF a lot because there were a lot of uh, uh empty seats a lot of uh, of the the stadium was was tarped off and we have Vince uh, and Jim Ross uh, on commentary but we do get a little bit of a snippet of the rumble uh the last couple of minutes or so with uh with Austin uh essentially winning by spurious means and then we get straight into into the first match, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on uh, taking on Vader, uh, accompanied by manager Paul Bearer. Um, before we get to any real action, though, um, the the nemesis of Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Bret Hart, rushes to the ring and attacks, which brings out the the hall of the the officials' locker room. Um, they eventually are separated, and the, the match starts. Um, not a, a terrible match for me. Certainly not uh, the exciting kind of a uh, um, fast-paced opener that you would want for for a new two-hour episode of Raw. But this is Stone Cold, who's clearly coming becoming one of the the biggest stars on the show, going for against uh, against Vader. So it was never going to be a technical. Uh, uh, prowess of a match, uh, but Tanner, uh, give us your thoughts on uh, on Austin versus Big Van Vader. Yeah, I mean, you would think that uh, with the, I guess, the participants of the match, Stone Cold and, and Vader, you you would think that Vader would have just this overwhelming, uh, pe- like power advantage. When really, for most of the match, it was Austin who had all the momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really strong showing here for Austin. Vader, not so much. I mean, towards the end of the match, you do get this slugfest that kind of um, just spills out to the floor, and obviously the ref, um, you know, throws the match out. Um, not before getting hit with a stunner, which is yeah, yeah. typical Austin now, obviously, <laughs> but back then that was a, a big thing. Yeah, very true. I mean, Austin, you know, continues to make himself look like a really solid heel by doing that. Um, but I, I, I think that these are the kind of matches that, um, you know, should be earmarked as uh, like a bit of more of a turning point here for Austin, you know, going forward, you know, how strong he looked against uh, Vader, who just a short time ago was contending for the title against Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Very um, true. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a decent match, maybe a forgettable kind of match, but um, um, there wasn't really a whole lot that went into this that's going to come out being memorable aside from how strong Austin looked in my mind. Yep, you make some some really, really good points. Uh, or uh, what are your thoughts on this opener to uh, Royal Rumble Raw? Um... <sighs> It's all right. I mean, we're starting to see more of the Austin that we know and love. You know, Vader is, he's second banana. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been second banana for a hot minute now. I mean, when you name an entire pay-per-view after someone's catchphrase, who's not even there. Um, And I think the falling out of Camp Cornette and the disappearance of Jim Cornette. I mean, they even had to call in and find out what's going on with Sonny and Jamie Cornette and all this other, you know, all these other people who are just poof, they're gone with no explanation. Like, you know, it was one thing to have 
Jim get injured and Clarence Mason come in with the sneaky signing of British Bulldog and Owen Hart as being their managers. But there's a lot of shifting and moving around that is not being explained. And I'm not saying that everything absolutely has to have an explanation, but you have to do it in such a way that it makes sense. You know, like, for example, all of a sudden within this episode, and I know this is something that we're going to get to later. Um, Savio Vega is with Nation of Domination. Now, granted, I know that was based off of something that happened last week, which mm -hmm. I didn't watch. Um, but, hey, at least I'm honest about it. Um, still... <laughs> I feel that shade was thrown wow. uh, to <laughs> someone else in the room. No, no. If anything, it's shade toward myself. Like, you know, I'd like to be honest and sit here and say, you know, hey, when I'm not here, I still watch the episode. But most of the time... I don't, and I know I miss things, but it's, I feel like, and it's very sad to say, I feel like the WWE product has been so stable in both good and bad ways over the last 20 years that you can skip an episode and still be okay. There are some obvious keystone episodes that if you miss, you're going to want to go back and watch it, at least mm -hmm. get the highlights and the clips which nine times out of 10, they'll provide for you anyway. Um, but you're okay. It's like watching Days of Our Lives or Guiding Light, or I don't even know what other soap operas are on nowadays, like, as I don't watch them anymore. But General Hospital, I don't know what you guys have on your side of the pond. EastEnders. EastEnders. Yeah, EastEnders yeah. or something like that. Where Coronation Street. Hollyoaks, that's the good one. Holly you Oaks. could skip a week worth of programming. And I say it that way because most of the soap operas that are here in the United States have shows every, well, yes, they are, but <laughs> there are, there's a new show every day, five yeah. days a week. And you can see up almost an entire week of episodes and still know what's going on and be caught up. Mm -hmm. And, in a good way, WWE has done that where they provide you the clips. And now that we're in the social media age and have things like YouTube and things that we can clip and put on um, TikTok or Twitter, you know, you still can stay caught up with whatever's happening. So I don't feel the need like, oh, sorry, guys, I'm not going to be able to make this episode. I don't really feel the need to go back and watch it. To, to me, that's probably the only interesting thing that happened last week was Savio Vega turning on um, Ahmed Johnson, hmm. the, the you know, and joining the Nation of Domination. And so, you know, but but going back to Austin and Vader, like Vader's Vader's a footnote at this point. There's so many things that they've thrown in to stretch the roster, reshuffle the roster, that things right now don't make sense and they have people that they've brought in um like bringing the guys in from AAA for wrestlemania uh, not wrestlemania um royal rumble, rumble yeah. and now they're gone again you know they could have used them for a couple of more a couple more shows just to fill out their roster especially knowing that they're going to two hours or in this case an hour and 33 minutes and done some other things but Vader feels like a footnote. He doesn't feel important. He doesn't really feel like, yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big monster of a man, but it doesn't feel as important. It doesn't feel like it's this giant 
mountain that Austin has to overcome. You know, so the, the match in and of itself was fine. The most interesting thing of the match was Austin and Brett at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Really and truly. Danny, you agree? Disagree? Any other any other opinions on this opener? No, um, I agree with everything because uh, that to me it was just like a it was just a story device for um, building the Bret Hart uh, Stone Cold uh, feud. Mm-hmm. I will say that they had um, two low blows in front of the referee and the match never stopped. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, made me laugh a little bit. But um, other than that, yeah, it was just there. Yeah, and I think Tanner makes a, made a, a a really good point of how how far Vader's kind of star has fallen from being essentially champion at, at, at SummerSlam to four months down the line. He's a he's a footnote, as 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 Ori said uh, in in this kind of story between Brett and and Shawn Michaels. But after this match, we get a a teaser for next week. Uh, well, not next week for us because we've got a dog show to cover. But <laughs> next week's episode of Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, where uh, Shawn Michaels and Sid will clash for the WWF title again. Or will there? Mm. Mm. We'll see when we get there. But we're uh, we're going into a match now, which I think kind of epitomizes just how threadbare, uh, how um, how small this roster is, because it's the first of many appearances of Nation of Domination. Uh, we get Flash Funk versus Savio Vega, um, uh, and just as Savio is coming to the ring in a, a leather jacket that is a good four, maybe five sizes too big for him. Um, he's stopped by Jim Ross, who uh, attempts to kind of find out why he joined the nation. Doesn't really get a, a, a straight answer. Um, and we get into another another match that was a waste. I mean, we've we've said that Savio Vega uh, multiple times is one of the better wrestlers on on this roster. Flash Funk has been really impressive in in his time uh, on on Raw. But this was, it was just a, a nothing match. It absolutely meant zero in the grand scheme of things. It, this was just to get Savio Vega a win and kind of like elevate him in this, uh, in in this kind of a setup for for the Nation of Domination. Um, yeah, four minutes of, of of tedium. I was really kind of dragged through this uh, this match, uh, Danny. Um, do you have a different opinion? Did you enjoy this? Uh, if you did, get your get your head tested, sir. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't enjoy it. Um, like you, the jacket is the thing that stood out the most here <laughs> because it was massive, wasn't it? <laughs> um, other than that, no. I just, it, I, it, it looks like him and Cru- and Crush could get in it comfortably. <laughs> just hug up. <laughs> It does. Um, no, I just thought I expected a lot better from these two, but it was kind of let down. Um, that was about it, really. Um, what did everyone else think about it? I was super excited about it until it actually happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, I expected yeah. so much more from this match, knowing the two wrestlers that we were going to get in it. And I get the point of the match, and it still could have done that, but you could have had a great high-energy, high-flying match between these two guys and it would have gone over like gangbusters and Mm -hmm. it, it fell so flat. The audience was flat. The action was flat. Again, the most interesting thing about it was prior to the match undertaker undertaker 
stopping uh, Ahmed Johnson from coming out. Like if you go out now, you're on your own. If you wait, we'll bury them together. That was the most interesting thing about the whole situation. And Mm -hmm. that is knowing the caliber of these two guys and what we've seen from Vega and Funk, that was so incredibly disappointing. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Yeah, this really wasn't uh, wasn't very good at all. Um, As everybody else has pointed out, this could have been so much better. Um, Flash Funk obviously has a lot of potential in him about this time. Uh, Savio Vega, I mean, he's been a fan favorite. He's recently turned, and now would be a good time to really establish that. Um, And I just feel like this was five minutes of us just... um, putting something together it's it 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 doesn't it i guess all meaning for it really kind of fell flat for me here Mm -hmm. you're you're right i think if this if this match was given 10 minutes of solid wrestling it would have been great as an opener this would have really kind of set set the bar for the show but uh in the position it was in with the time that it got it, it it meant absolutely nothing and um yeah it's such a such a waste um, you know what it felt like for me? It felt like a producer put it together and not the, an actual wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it felt like what we get it, now when the wrestlers can't control, lack of better phrasing, control their own narrative and control mm-hmm. their own, you know, it, it felt like, okay, here guys, this is what we're going to plan out for you. What? Mm-hmm. What? I know. Like, and I get that Vegas turning heel. He can still do the same stuff that he does with the heel kicks and the whole nine yards, you can still do the flashy stuff and be a heel. Look at the young bucks. They do it all the time. Like it, the whole thing was a, an unnecessary hot mess and could have been so much better. So, so much better. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. You're absolutely right. So from from there, we get a a little group of uh, of promos slash interviews. We have uh, Vince talking to some random woman actress from La Femme Nikita, which they are pimping so bad. We get um Psycho Sid coming to the to the ring to be interviewed by by Jim Ross. Uh, again another very basic but very enthralling um Psycho Sid interview. Um I love the whole kind of uh the the story he takes it down with the with the roller coaster uh, and how evil is always evil. Um for mm. So the the La Femme Nikita thing, that show helped make the USA Network what it was at that time. That show was, I remember it distinctly. It was huge. Everybody was talking about that show. So more than likely, it was a little bit of cross-production, cross-promotion on USA's Part, I think they've been mentioning it for like the last month or so anyway, in in kind of like uh, in-between commentaries. Right. And and from what I remember, it was a really interesting show. She was a super spy and, you know, lots of action. And so a lot of modern action, which we hadn't seen a whole lot of on TV at that time. Um, so but I remember it being a very, very big show. Yeah, it, it was just any time Vince is involved in a, an interview with a with a female 
it tends to go a little bit creepy, a little bit cringier, and this no, wasn't. What do you mean, Mags? Creepy? I mean, there's a point where no. she describes herself as, uh, I think she says, as a woman of the 90s, and Vince goes, ha ha ha, yeah, I see that. And it's like, oh, Vince. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, after uh, we get to the, the Psycho Sid um, um, promo, what did uh, what did all you guys think of uh, of, of Sid and his uh, his uh, stick work? Tanner, we'll go to you first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you not um, do you not like Sid on the stick? I think I think guarded in short bursts. I think he's a very enthralling uh, promo. I think he definitely can be right, um, and. and- I think that maybe on this occasion it's much more of uh, this is this is the same kind of promo that we've had, you know, by Psycho Sid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can see where you would come from in saying that he's um, he's doing really well um, on the stick. He obviously is. Um, I guess maybe in my personal opinion, I, I just feel like I want to see another dimension, another um, layer of depth. Uh, to Psycho Sid here. Some different um, words. Maybe some, some different, different words. verbiage. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, I, I can see that. But I mean, I, I can't, uh, I can't fault you for saying like, oh yeah, Psycho Sid, excellent on the mic. Um, yeah, when he's now, guided, ex- excellent is a stretch, and I don't know if I go excellent route, but certainly if you compare him to his uh, WCW, where he was clearly not led. Yeah, he's, good. He's, he's very good. Um, <laughs> When he's when he's led, when he's got some kind of um, script, script or some kind of direction. Yes. Um, but I think with that, that obviously couples him into um, uh, he needs to have uh, some kind of repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's there's a little bit of good and bad in that, um, but I can't I can't fault him for being. You know, uh, a, a a good promo for this time. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it, it, kind of the same. You know, it, don't get me wrong. I think he's great. Um, I do think he does work better um, backstage as opposed to a live crowd because he does so much. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stalling. Pausing. Not necessarily, but when he does the inflections with his voice, when he, you know, changes the volume of things. And the crowd noise kind of like... Yeah, overpowers it. You know, it would be one thing if the crowd were so very behind him that they know he's about to say of the world and they were saying it with him and he could Mm -hmm. mouth it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that would lend itself really, really well to helping him, but... Um, when you get those, you know, again, it goes back to stage work versus camera work. You know, when you're doing stage work, you can make those subtle things in a smaller stage or, or on camera and it'll pick it up. Whereas when you have a huge audience and that's kind of how you have to play it with a live crowd, you have to do it like you're playing Carnegie Hall. You know, so that the person all the way in the back can see and hear the minute things that you're doing. You know, what may seem crazy to us on and you're you're already playing a crazy character, so you may as well go for it. You know, but if if you can do that, then it you know 
if you're already playing a crazy character, just amp it up, take it to 11, you know, go ahead and scream of the world, you know, get the, get the fans behind it so that they're screaming it with you or something. I I don't know, but I, I do agree with Tanner, but because we're getting kind of the same type of promo, the same words, this, I, I, if you're trying to take him to another level in order to go back up against Shawn Michaels, he's got to continue to change and evolve and delve deeper into the insanity, you know, and be able to see and feel that change. Otherwise, well, it's the same guy. Michael's already beat him. What What's the reason to get behind him to, to want, michaels to to possibly beat him mm-hmm. so i don't I, I don't know like i said it's not that it's not that i think he's bad or he ne- he needed more work i think there's just little inflections and certain things that he does that don't lend itself well to camera and live crowd to help him yeah you you make a lot of sense with that uh, i i fully fully agree um danny your your thoughts on uh on sid and his live promos um, I definitely agree with Ori there. With I think he's better much backstage um, rather than in the uh, in front of a crowd. So yeah, I wasn't really a fan of this one, but um, it was kind of repetitive. But mm-hmm. yeah, at least we got through it. It was quite short. Yep, and then after that, we do go backstage uh, to Owen Hart and the Bulldog. Um, Vince uh, interviewing them from from uh, from the the commentary desk. Uh, and essentially, this is Owen shithousing uh, Bulldog, saying that uh, um, Vince, as well, trying to kind of uh, cause trouble, um, talking about how Owen eliminated Bulldog from, from the Rumble, Owen trying to pass it off as if he was trying to eliminate Stone Cold, and how that he's carrying Bulldog, and that uh, Bulldog called Owen an idiot. Just a lot of kind of um, um, sowing the seeds of, 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 of dissension between the two. Um, I thought this plays perfectly into into uh, Owen's uh, skills as, as, as one of those kind of like com- comedic shithouse heels, and uh, makes Bulldog look like a, a, a bumbling buffoon. Um, give your, uh, let's say, hear your quick uh, views on this. Uh, Danny, how how did you feel about this promo? Fun. That's just one word. I just want to say fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Or uh, I'm actually enjoying watching the... Implosion. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, whether it's backstage or it's in the ring, it's... It's interesting, you know, watching the the breaking down of the team, despite the fact that they are family and whatnot, um, watching how different things uh, affect them and how they respond to each other. Um, Sometimes when you have stuff like this, like when we were watching the implosion of um, the smoking guns, there were parts of it that were really good and interesting and now it's just gone (laughs) but this is fairly interesting and doing it with something like the royal rumble makes sense because royal rumble is every man for himself and while they understand that and you know well i get it you know it's every man for himself it was an accident yeah but you didn't need to call me an idiot and all the and then the miscommunications that actually happen in the ring later on it's 
it's making it interesting. I'm actually <laughs> enjoying watching this and I'm enjoying seeing how it breaks down and kind of want to continue seeing that. Well, I mean, not that I want to see them break down and break up, but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, maybe this could be good. Yeah, you're right. It's fun. Um, Tana, your views on this uh, on this promo before we get into their, their title defense? I think that this is a very interesting segment, and I, I, I think that um, Ori made a really good reference to the smoking guns uh, implosion that we saw earlier in this series, which felt like a little bit of a let-off, right? Um, I think with these two, though, there is a really, really, like... I, I feel a lot of anticipation and, and a lot of hope that we do get some kind of matchup between Bulldog and Owen because both are really, really good. Obviously, Bulldog um, can can work um, when when healthy, um, and Owen can work anytime, anywhere, any place. These are two very, very good pros, and uh, if we do see a, a, a breakdown, which does look to be inevitable, I would be very interested in seeing this match. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, and that and that promo leads into the next match where uh, Owen and the Bulldog are defending those uh, those tag titles against uh, uh, Doug Furness and Philip Lafon. A match that we've seen a couple of times uh, recently, and every time that the uh, they've they've been on, they've essentially stole the show. And I don't think that uh, I don't think it's uh, much of a stretch to say that this was the best match on on this show. Um, really good storytelling with uh with um uh, one of the 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 tag teams uh, the the challengers uh being poorly with flu i think it was uh, uh Doug Furness who, who apparently had the flu uh, some good kind of a uh, chain wrestling between the two um keeping um, keeping uh, Doug in the ring but also as already kind of alluded to earlier we get those mis- miscommunications between the champions one where bulldog is uh pausing with his muscles uh, and then another one where Owen pretends he has a knee injury uh, which is clearly faking in in the ultimate shit out of it but uh, uh, eventually, the the champions are able to to retain despite those uh, those uh, um, miscommunications. But it was a a really fun match, at least from my point of view. I thought that this was um, very very entertaining. Um, Ori, what did you uh, what did you think of this match? I agree with you. This this was definitely the best match of the night, and not only that. I mean, there was a whole other miscue where Owen, and and of course this is what led to the quote-unquote knee injury, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, Bulldog and Owen go to take, I believe it's Furnace, and slingshot him onto Bulldog's back, throw him over the top rope, and he reverses it. And that whole kind of miscommunication, the miscues, the taking out of the, um, the referee, you know, it's it's a constant misfire, but in such a fun way to watch. It's very, very different from the smoking guns breakup and the miscues or the I'm leaving you here. You know, it's, it's much more fun to watch this breakdown than it was the smoking guns. And I, I'm really I'm really enjoying it to be perfectly honest with you. And, and like I said, I agree. This is, this was the best match. This was the one that kept me interested longer. I didn't want to go grab my tablet and start playing Sudoku. (laughs) 
until it was over. Dated reference there. Oh, I love Sudoku. I still play Sudoku. It makes me think. And sometimes it it makes me focus and think to avoid thinking of other things, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. (laughs) It makes my brain work in a way that I'd rather it work. (laughs) You're absolutely right, though. It was was a fun um, comedy of errors match uh, and... Owen is the absolute star of the show with the with the 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 shit housing and the pretending to be injured, even when Bulldog is literally right at the side of him and he's there jumping up and down on his knee. As soon as Bulldog looks, he's he's limping. Great work by Owen, uh, such a character. Um, Tanner, what did uh, what did you make of uh, of this title match? Yeah, very good title match. Um, uh, they've obviously pent up the. Um a return match once again with how the ending went. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, I, I thought it was still pretty decent. Uh, I, I, the only criticism that I can really wage here on this match is that uh, it didn't seem like the crowd was really all that into it, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty disappointing. Um, but uh, yeah, good back and forth between both teams. I believe... Um, I, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe Furnace and Lafon already have a win over the tag yep. team champions. That, that's what led to so, to this that they they won in non title matches. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that this would be very very good uh, to to see this progress forward, and if we do see maybe a title loss leading to the uh, implosion of. Bulldog and Owen, uh, that would be an interesting twist, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave that for another time, I'm sure. And and Danny, consensus, or are you going to be the one stick in the mud that says that you didn't enjoy this match? No, it, how could you say <laughs> you don't enjoy this match? Um, the only thing I didn't like about it was the count-out finish, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how that could play into the story as well. Um, yeah, yeah, there's not, not, a, not a bad word could be said about this. No, you're absolutely right. And then after this, we go into the the promo that uh, that Ori mentioned a, a little bit earlier with uh, with Ahmed Johnson. Um, another wild rambling promo. Very hard to kind of dissect what he's actually saying. I think at one point he threatens to beat up Jr. and Vince. Then he talks about how he's not taking his Prozac anymore. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, very, very rambling, and and to to finish it off, he squares up against the Undertaker, um, and basically the Undertaker is is the the voice of reason, essentially telling Ahmed if he leaves now, he will get a uh, he will get beat up, but if he holds off a little bit, they'll be able to bury them um, together. Um, interesting promo, and that essentially leads into. Another nation of domination uh, match uh, this Yay. time. Yeah, exactly. Just shows the kind of lack of depth of this uh, of this uh, roster. And we've got Crush versus Goldust, and another nation domination match. Another absolute ball fest. I hated this match with every part of my being. The 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 the. the just it just annoyed me. Hunter still getting involved. The the crappy finish, the heart punch, which is just a ridiculous finishing move. Yeah, I did not like this match whatsoever. Please, Danny, give us something positive to say about this match. 
I wish I could, but I'm with oh, you. Damn it! <laughs> no, I'm with you. It was there was a lot of stalling in this match. It went way too long, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's basically all I wrote about it because I was uh, I was falling asleep watching that. Um, I, I mean, I do have one positive that that Savio Vega can deliver uh, a spinning heel kick wearing a, a cow skin, essentially. So that is at least one positive, but. <laughs> Uh, Tanner. Yeah, Tanner, have you got any positives about this match? Oh, this just, this just sucked. Ten minutes it nearly went. Sucked. Ten fucking minutes. How do you give Flash Funk and Savio Vega four minutes and then give Crush and Goldust ten minutes? Oh. Yeah, um, this, this could have, I could have spent my time making a protein shake or meal prepping for the week or, uh, uh, having some ribs. Yeah, having some oh. ribs, uh, going to the bathroom. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, contemplating shaving my head. I don't know. There, I could have spent, that's, that's something you may need to contemplate. Yeah, I've got this this hair you see. Uh, I like it though. Um, Are you rocking the mullet? No, no, it's it's because it, it kind of looks like it with the hat. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, a, okay. It's, it's going a, full Owen. It's a full shag. It, it is. Um, it's it's very Owen. Yeah. It's very Owen. Yeah. Start calling Tanner like Tanner that. Hart. Uh, but He's no yeah, longer this is, uh, Tanner the Texas gentleman. He's Tanner Hart. This is a uh, this match sucked. It yeah, fucking, it fucking sucked. It absolutely sucked. Or yeah. did it suck? Oh, so this is where I checked out and pulled up Sudoku. Not even gonna lie. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up Sudoku. I'm pulling up uh, Marvel Strike Force on the on the. I'm just. I'm completely oh, the Raid Shadow Legends. Wink, wink. Sponsor deal. Oh, um. Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't. Like, I don't even know what happened with Hunter. Like, I saw him come out. I saw him, like, m- try and talk to Marlena saying, hey, baby. And that mm-hmm. was when I was like, wh- and then I don't know where he went after that. Nobody ever said. I don't know if he grabbed Marlena and walked out or what. No, she. he, he ended up eventually just leaving. Um, why? 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 Like the, the 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 finish comes when uh, essentially Crush eyeballs Marlena whilst delivering the the most over dramatic heart punch. It's just ridiculous. Uh, this is Gold Goldust who was Intercontinental Champion not long ago, and now he's a jobber for fucking Crush. Uh, we've spent way too long on this mismatch for my liking, so let's it move. It fucking sucked. It did yeah, suck. and the, cra- the crowd didn't enjoy it either, and and I feel like. The crowd didn't enjoy most of this show. Mm-hmm. Probably they, also it true. It felt like a house <laughs> show. It felt like such a muted house show. I, I, and I, I can I, tell I, you, if I was doing a show that was it was going to two hours after being at one hour, first of all, I would have promoted the hell out of it. I'd have been talking mm-hmm. about it for two or three weeks, like they do now. And then, you know... I, it's like they didn't even mention it at all during the show. They were mentioning next week's Raw, which is on a Thursday, that it's going to be two hours. Mm-hmm. When this show was two, it's all so... It's, well, it's, it's to compete oh. against WCW. Yeah, it's reactionary booking. 
Yeah, they were doing the same things, going two hours, going to these giant arenas. But even the cat is, my cat's complaining about it. Like, do you remember when um, Raw went to three hours, how much promotion they uh, put into that? Yeah, I wanted to promote. Compare. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. So, after after this uh, abomination of a match, we get another uh, group of promos slash interviews. Apparently the the blackjacks are coming back because everybody has missed an old uh, cowboy tag team. Fucking clamoring for the blackjacks. (laughs) Ever ever since the smoking guns have went, there's been a massive cowboy-shaped gap left there. Um, Then we get Vince in the ring, this time uh, um, speaking with uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, welcome him into Bret Hart country. Vince essentially trying to be a, a shithead, but he does uh, he does get that stiffer when he gets to say Shawn Michaels' name. Um, then we uh, essentially, I thought this uh, promo was was pretty interesting. We get Bret Hart coming out and a little bit of a square off. Uh, mm. A lot of same things that they've said before. Uh, there's nothing really kind of new uh, in this. They, they kind of touch on Shawn Michaels being uh, a degenerate. Uh, the um, the he, he essentially compared to Muhammad Ali, uh, somebody who was hated as champion, but is now <laughs> considered the greatest of all time. Um, I didn't know people hated Muhammad Ali right out of the gate. I feel like this is a this is a little bit revisionist of a, revisionist history book. that yeah. uh, <laughs> a bit of exaggeration, wasn't it, from uh, Shawn Michaels? Yeah, but it leads to Shawn Michaels calling uh, being called a punk, uh, and then out comes uh, comes Austin uh, in the kind of a repeat of what happened earlier in the show. Um, then out comes Sid. Um, to to essentially have a, a big old square off, uh, we go to a break, which is the worst timing uh, in 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 Raw. Yeah, uh, because the, the when the compelling part of the show, and you go to mm-hmm. commercial break, and then when we come back, all the all the chaos has been cleared up. Everybody's uh, everybody's calmed back down. The title is on the floor. Bret Hart uh, stands on the title, which stops. Uh, Sean Michaels picking it up. Eventually, the the he does pick up and and I think uh, Brett throws the title uh, at at Sean Michaels, swears at, at Sean, which is uh, an, a no no. Uh, and then we we end the the segment with uh with Sean Michaels uh, essentially pausing with the title to uh, a crowd booing uh, booing incessantly. Um, Kind of like the 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 Sid promo, I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was uh it it whilst it wasn't anything new or fresh, it kept that storyline chugging between all the the kind of uh, plays in this game. Uh, Aura, um, are you of that opinion, or did you hate this with every fiber of your being? I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. There were parts of it that were good. Uh, I like that they're going back to the Shawn Michaels being a degenerate thing, which I know is eventually leading into DX. Um, it, it's a lot of the same, 
you know, round and round in circles. Um, again, like you said, there's nothing new and fresh about it. It's the same old Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart just squaring off against each other, jaw jacking at each other, you know, uh, well, here, I'm going to lay the title belt down on the ring mat like it's a line in the sand. And then he stands on it. Like, this is the thing that you want. That, that bugged me. I'm going to be honest with you. This is supposed to be the most prestigious title in the world. And they are supposed to be treating it as such. And Shawn Michaels laying it down like a line in the sand. And... That's fine. You want to lay it down and be like, hey, it's me against you, mano a mano, but Bret Hart standing on it. And I don't know if that has to do with Bret's frustration with the company and how he feels about the title and the company itself, because I know there was a lot of that stuff going on around about then. Mm -hmm. But him standing on it devalues it so much. Mm -hmm. And I get that there are aspects to this face to face, whether real or, you know, kayfabe or not that there's frustrations there and it is a matchup as much as it's about the title it's about brett and sean themselves and it's about brett versus the company itself but Hmm. to like to me it's almost no different than sunny dropping the title in the trash can uh medusa medusa Medusa. sorry I mean, but it's it's war be time wrestling if Sonny was the, on the title. women's champion. You're you're shitting on the title. You're mm-hmm. you're you're devaluing it. You're making it seem like it's nothing. And I under like I said, I understand that there's more at play here than just the title. But you know, take the title, sweep it under your foot behind you, and go stand man to man to him. Don't stand mm-hmm. on the goddamn title. Well, I I, I slightly disagree. Oh, okay. Um, um, how many times have we seen them replicate this kind of scene over the years where the champ, usually a baby face lays down the title, like a line in the sand and does the, just bring it kind of motion. And Owens versus uh, Cena. Yeah. I mean, a brawl breaks out and all chaos ensues. Right. Um, I, I don't think that Brett, um, and I and I really do appreciate your attention for for the symbolism in this, but I, I don't think that Brett's intention is I'm going to step on this title as a show of disrespect to WWF. I think what was happening is that Sean put down the title and then went back to reach for it, but then Sean ste- but then Brett steps on the title as a as a means to I'm not going to let you go with this one, mm-hmm. right? That makes um, sense. I, I feel like that's a. I, I feel like that may have been the mindset going into it. Now I could be completely wrong, and of of course, um, you know, Ori's got a great eye for symbolism here, and how people could read that situation being, you know, they're disrespecting the belt, and how could you devalue it? And yes, I would say to an extent, you know, Sean's treating the belt very. Um, uh, maybe, maybe not disrespectfully intentionally, but he's he's not treating it very well by by making it a line in the sand in the first place. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I, I I think that the the screenshot of Sean laying down the title, being in the middle between him and Brett, is to signify 
we're both on opposite ends of this issue. We are these eternal rivals that will always be competing for the best in the business. Um, And when Sean goes to relent and pick the belt back up and Brett steps on it, it, it's Brett signifying um, this issue is not yours to decide. Right. Um, I, I feel like it, it, you know, Brett is simply just there to facilitate, you know, that he's 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 not forgotten Sean. He's not forgotten the things that Sean has said about him. He's not forgotten that Sean's the reason why he doesn't have the belt anymore um, and that this issue is uh, far from finished. No, and, and I see that. And of course, I'm looking at it, you know, as we do from a 2022 perspective. You know, whereas back in 1997, there may have been some rumor in innuendo that there were issues like this going on in the company and that Brett wasn't happy um, and there was actual heat between him and Sean. So I'm kind of pulling that symbolism from a 2022 view, Mm. Um, but I still think it would have been better just in my opinion, because because like I said, I completely see where you're coming from it as well. What if he stepped on his hand instead of stepping on the belt? Because the issue is not necessarily with the belt. The issue yeah. is with him and Sean. Yeah. The argument is the belt. Well, but but then Sean would have to sell having his hand stepped on, and then he'd look like a little whiny, you know, bitch crying that his. Well, hand I mean, he didn't have to on stomp on it, but just like you well, know, but, reach but he for would it have to sell it. He would have to runner. sell it. You know, like that's it's an awkward situation for sure. Yeah. And, and, and like there's, I just, I don't like the idea of someone physically stepping on standing on the belt. That Mm. that's, that's my whole issue with it. I I, I I don't know. I think you both make great points. I am a stickler for the respect of a title. Yeah. Um, I think anytime you kind of like, uh, show that kind of disrespect, it, it devalues it. So I get Ori's point, but as a as a vehicle for for uh, this storyline and and how the title is essentially uh, in between two people who regard being champion as two tall opposite ends of a spectrum. Uh, Brett sees a champion as somebody to be proud of and and uh, a face of a company, and Shawn Michaels just sees it as a a way to to lord it over everybody uh, and kind of be that that uh, sniveling canarving champion. Um, I think that that symbolism can be lost uh, in in the disrespect of standing on a title. So I, I do get both your points. Uh, Danny, do you want to uh, play peacemaker here before uh, Tanner and and uh, and Ori go toe to toe? Well, oh. basically, you're going to be the line in the sand here, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be the title. Danny's going to be the proverbial title laying on the. Danny's just laying there like. I don't know. I'm just. Kidding. I don't have. Um, no, actually, I actually. Um, a I horrible that, Scottish accent. Yeah, it's all. It's better than. It's better than Danny's. Oh. It's true. I'll give you that. <laughs> no, um, what I was going to say, the thing that stuck out most to me was uh, the way Vince McMahon looked at Shawn Michaels and uh, <laughs> taking a picture of him. <laughs> I will send it to you guys. And uh, yeah. uh, other than that, um, this was like the Sid promo. It was very repetitive. Um, when uh, the uh, belt hit the floor, I automatically thought of Mags last week when you said it boiled your piss to uh, see mm. the British Bulldog throw the title on yeah, the it, uh, floor. It, so it, that came it to is. mind. It's so disrespectful. 
It really, really is. It's a bugbear of man. Um, if you are a champion, you... I'm not saying you necessarily have to have to act like uh, act like a, a a hero, but you show the towel the respect. Um, yeah, definitely. But then well, there is on. one thing that maybe, uh, and and I might be wrong, but uh, we do also have to keep in mind that this show took place in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, more specifically, so it would not be outside the realm of disbelief that or the you know whatever the saying is that Sean most likely being more heelish in this environment than Brett would especially considering the the geography of the show mm-hmm. that that he would do such a dastardly deed as laying down the title in front of this Canadian crowd that loves Brett Hart so much and and that makes a good point because as we'll go through 1997 we'll see just how far Sean is willing to take that disrespect mm. towards uh, Brett and the and the Canadian people. So um, this may look bad now. Give it six months. It, it, this may be very very tempered. Give it uh, yeah. Give it about uh, <laughs> seven months. Yeah, to be exactly. exact. Exactly. So after that, we actually get uh, um, a bit of a boost to the to the roster. The introduction of a, and the signing of a of a WWF contract for one. Tiger Ali Singh. Now he's he he looks like the real deal uh, yeah. coming in, um, saying he hopes that he will be as big as a Canadian star as as Bret Hart hopes to uh, to uh, take the title to great hearts, and he certainly won't be a massive flop and have a little lackey called Babalu where people will uh, eat essentially popcorn from beneath between his toes. But let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. A uh, couple more matches now to to get through, both as terrible as each other. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm the the main event wasn't as bad, but this uh, Mark Miro versus Hunter Helmsley again for me was I just felt disappointed because we know that these two guys can do so much better than this, mm. uh, and kind of like the the Flash Funk and. Um, uh, and and Savio Vega one, I was just left wanting more. But the difference between that match and and this match is these guys got the time to to really kind of uh, mm-hmm. have a good match, and it just didn't feel like they were on the same page almost. Um, and I get Triple H is trying to be this this dickhead heel, uh, and and the finish kind of really plays into that with uh, with uh, pulling the 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 nooks out of his tarts and 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 cracking Mark uh, Mark Miro in the face to to get the win but just the the wrestling in general it was it felt slow it felt labored it felt like these guys were essentially phoning it in um danny uh you're nodding there in in agreement um what did you think of this match absolutely agree the, a phone in is what i wrote here um just it just it was very very repetitive of the other matches mm-hmm. um i also wrote did wwf hate their fans because <laughs> we, we, we've had um have they had, ever liked the fans <laughs> we've had a non-finish in the beginning then we had a count out then now we've got uh, this kind of thing this finish which was just it was like, what's the point? And this is the biggest uh, crowd in the history of Raw, as um, Vince kept saying. So I just found it weird with all these finishes. But no, I wasn't impressed with this match at all. Tana, were you a fan of this match? 
I can't say that I was a fan of this match. It's it is far from the worst match of the night. I, I will say that. I'll grant um, you that. Um, but it, it is slow. It is plodding. Um, it, if if you're maybe a fan of like maybe like 1970s or 1980s psychology and wrestling, you might find some joy in this one. Um, the in the actual in ring acrobatics of Mark Marrow might muddy that a little bit for you. Um, but I I think that uh, psychology wise, it's it certainly stands up as a decent match, but at the same time, um, this was not the, this was not the right way to go. As far as the finish goes, I got to agree with both of you guys. Um, I, I would like something a little bit more, uh, with, with a little bit more finality <laughs> to it, um, than to, um, than to end it with kind of a, you know, a triple H using a, um, you know, uh, an object, right. Yeah. Um, and this this still kind of like what we brought up earlier. This feels like Ahmed Johnson and Farouk all over again. Why are Mark Marrow and Triple H still having matches with each other? Mm-hmm. Aura, did this match fend off Sudoku? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I played three games and finished them all under seven minutes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it, it, there were there were a couple of things, you know, a couple of tiny little high spots that were were pretty good. But overall, and especially since they kept making such a big deal about no managers, nobody outside of the ring, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's it's a typical Triple H finish for what we're going to see when he becomes Triple H, because, of course, at this point, he's still the blue blood Hunter Hearst Helmsley. You know, they talk about him falling on his blue blood nose and his big nose, which is just typical, you know. But it it just, it really left me wanting, you know. I, I, I want to be interested. I want to watch. I want a reason to put the tablet down to put the phone down and be interested. And there were spots within the whole show that I felt were interesting and grabbed my attention that are making me feel more like the attitude era that we know and love, but we are still just not there yet, especially with the in-ring action. And you could tell throughout the whole show, like the crowd was just not in it for the majority of it. And so, you know, which makes it so much harder for us to watch it at home. And I can only imagine what it was like trying to watch it in 1997, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I just, I kept going. Like, it took me a little while before I realized that the entirety of the show was an hour and 33 minutes and that this was a two-hour show. But there there were parts that I caught myself going, this feels like it's taking four ever yeah. like for us with no commercials it, de- it, it uh, at an hour and 33 minutes felt like it was a two and a half hour show yeah you're, you're and not right. in a good way in any way shape form or fashion and and i think what makes it worse is the balance um matches that didn't need 10 to 15 minutes got way more time than they, they should have done, which could have easily gone to other matches that could have been possibly a little bit more entertaining. Um, but let's uh, let's try and wrap this uh, this shit show up uh, with the main event. Um, 
Farouk and, and, and Mankan. I mean, that's a, a tag team and a half there, taking on Ahmed Johnson and The Undertaker in a in a no-DQ match. Uh, and I, I kind of alluded to my thoughts on, on this match uh, a little bit earlier. Um, that This was another, felt like a, another kind of missed opportunity to, to have a really, really good match. We know Mankind and Undertaker have got great chemistry. Uh, we know that Farouk and Ahmed Johnson is a blood feud. So the potential was there to have a, a solid match. And it just didn't pay off. It was a clusterfuck. Uh, too many uh, interruptions, too many of the of the wrestlers going missing for long periods of the match. Um, Mankind is for me is that is the savior of this match uh, from the the start when he comes out trying to do the 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 black power fist, uh, but he gets it ridiculously wrong to the 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 selling and and he was kind of the glue that that held this this match together whilst uh Farouk and, and Ahmed and the nation did their kind of storytelling um but yeah I was just again another for me disappointed match um Danny again you seem to be agreeing with me um uh, I'm liking this so tell me uh tell me what you thought of it no definitely it was just uh chaos wasn't it it just <laughs> not very organized um I didn't know down. Uh, Vince McMahon said, "Oh, the, we we're not has beens here as a shot at WCW, but he had fucking Ahmed Johnson in the match." I'm <laughs> Farouk, no who came from WCW. <laughs> That's no reason to brag, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just kind of there for me. Um, yeah, what did you guys think? This match was not good. <laughs> this match, that, I mean, I think you could replace the word match with the word show. This essentially, show, this show was not good. Um, <laughs> this show sucked. Um, no, I mean, I I can't fault you for for pointing out uh, uh, Mick Foley's amazing work here in this match. It really, really was good. Um. But just like again, I don't need to see Ahmed Johnson uh, in the ring or even in the same building as Farouk anymore. I don't mm-hmm. need to see. Um, I, I I I I don't even really want to see Undertaker and Mankind do anything. Well, suck, suck it up, cowboy, because these yeah. storylines are not done. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like wash, rinse, repeat. Every week with some of these feuds, mm-hmm. and it's it's to that point where I'm just not, you know, like you could throw in whatever combination that you want, but I I just it, this one just lagged for me, and mm-hmm. um, I, I was just left cold and numb and uninterested to the development of anything that happened between these four men. Can I interest yeah. you in Sudoku? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a great app for it. <laughs> Yeah, for for me, what ruins it though is just the amount of interruptions and the amount of of, of like I said, the cluster folks, the stuff with the nation kept Ahmed Johnson out of the match for for more than one period. Vader coming out to a, to a, essentially attack Taker uh, and then throw his tag partner or, or stable mate onto uh, Taker for the win, and then being terrified when Taker makes a comeback. It just it was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, and a, 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 a very apropos way to end uh, a, a lackluster start to the two-hour era of Raw for me. Ori. Yeah, I feel up. like 
I feel like this match is a good example of what not to do for a no-holds-barred match. That's the only benefit of this match. This is everything you shouldn't do for a no-holds-barred match. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. It, it's I get where you're trying to go with it, but you failed epically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and not, the only good thing about this is it can be used as a bad example. And, and not only that, though, it's uh, Vince makes a point all the way through the show of, of not baiting and switching, and he's done that. All the way through the show, we he's promised Royal Rumble uh, in its entirety. That never comes off. He's uh, promised uh, uh, top quality uh, title matches. Aside from one, that doesn't really come off. The the wrestling is incredibly lackluster on this show, uh, and it's the for me, it's the promo work that that makes this at least a little bit enjoyable. Um, the fact that it's two hours, it it was a grand. It was an absolute grand. Yeah. So that's uh that's the February the third episode of Raw pretty much in a nutshell. Um next week um we're we're taking a bit of a detour. We're going to uh to the dog show. Apparently. Yeah. Um Bow wow. This is this is uh, we're going from dog shit to the dog show. I mean I have no words. <laughs> That's exactly exactly what's happening. Um, so the, it's not like a random uh, uh, cutaway from wrestling. The reason is because Raw was preempted because of this uh, this dog show. Apparently, this uh, Westminster Kennel Club dog show is a big thing yeah. in in the America. So so basically, we're pretending that we're the people in 1997 who went to watch Raw. And then ends up staying <laughs> yeah, for the dog show. Correct. But <laughs> the week, the the episode after that is a very pivotal episode in in raw history. I think with a with a certain uh, San Antonian losing his smile and kind of really upending all of the the upcoming pay per views for the for the next few months uh, with him uh, essentially downing tools and leaving leaving the company high and dry. Um, so we will we will get to that, uh, but I have to first of all thank you guys for for ploughing through this episode with me. I know I know full well it was hard to get through, so I I fully appreciate the effort from from you all. Let's uh let's go around the horn and give our a social so we can uh, get on out of here. Uh, let's start with uh with Colin McCalder. How uh, where can the people find you, uh, Scottish Danny? You can find me on the Twitter at Scottish Struggle. Uh, you can find me on here next week where I'll be. <laughs> and you can find me on Nitro Nights. That's all. Okay. And the glue that holds this team together, the 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 legitimate draw, often imitated but very much never ever duplicated. Or where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at Ori the Draw, and I have a set schedule, hopefully, for Twitch now, which is going to be Sunday afternoons, Thursdays, and Fridays. Currently playing some Lost Ark, really fun, really beautiful free-to-play game over on Steam. Uh, Solbrick and I are enjoying that immensely. That's my husband, if you don't know. And um, yeah, we'd I'd love if you came in. Hung out with us and checked out the game. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And Tana, 
where can the lovely the people find all three and more? <laughs> where can people find you, sir? Well, within about the next 30 minutes, you'll find me at Style Switch Barbecue in Cedar Park, <laughs> Texas, where I'll be ordering that's, a That Style room. Switch, where if you quote Radio Tankers, you can get 10% you get, off your you get five, you get You actually get $5 added to your bill because <laughs> you've wasted their time. It's called the family like, discount. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the family tax. Uh, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Radio Techers, uh, where we do all the, the football and uh, all the wrestling and MMA shows that you could ever want and desire. Uh, or if you want my personal account, you can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore. Mm-hmm. And as for me, if you if you, you haven't had enough of me in your life, you can follow me on Twitter at PodfatherMags. Uh, along with uh, with Tanner, I am heavily involved over at Radio Techers, but I also have plenty of uh, content here on, on the chair shot uh, with, uh, with Badlands and, and Five Rounds. I'm also becoming a bit of a social media uh, chameleon, shall I say, with, uh, I'm now on TikTokie. And uh, Instagram uh, as well. So at, is that a ramen-based app, Tiki Taki? It, it's well. delicious. Um, that's at uh, Mags All Pods. Uh, but whilst you're here uh, listening to this, definitely go and check out some more content from the amazing uh, creators. <laughs> way, way better than, than we ever put out. Um, uh, that's uh, you can find here on, on the chair shot, whether that's in audio format or on uh, written on the website, and also check out the uh, the pro wrestling tees uh, site, which is uh, slash uh, the chair shot, where you can get some uh, top draw merchandise. Uh, but remember, we have one rule round here uh, on the chair shot, and that is you must always use your head. Goodbye, folks. Bye. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.